Hi, everyone. This is Catherine Adams. And Elizabeth Wallace. And you're listening to Binary System Podcast number 268. And this week, since we don't have a Night Vale episode, we do have our usual collection of the things that we're watching every week. You know how this goes. So I guess first we're going to start with the weekly sip wrap. What you got? A blood orange goza, which I have never had before. So let's see. That sounds interesting. It tastes like beer. Yeah, it usually does. (laughs) I have my stone IPA, as always. Um, Sit rep. It's so funny. So the only side effects that I got from my second vaccine shot was just I was so tired that night when I went to sleep and I was freezing. And really? I got a, yeah, I got my little heating pad and went to bed, woke up in the middle of the night, just felt just kind of gross and weird and woke up the next morning, had some coffee, started feeling better. And by the end of the day, I was fine. Yeah. Okay. So didn't didn't take a day off of work as is because I was like, I'm already home in my pajamas. <laughs> I think... I think it was probably 24 hours after I had mine that the symptoms kicked in, the like achiness that I had for an afternoon. Was that, did yours kick in? Because I remember someone saying Pfizer was like a 24-hour delay and Moderna was a 12-hour, but I may oh, be mixing that up. Bought on. It wow. was 12 hours. Yeah, oh, okay. I got it like 12.30, and so I went to bed at about midnight that night. And yeah, I was already feeling just kind of, just achy you know, cold, that kind of like, I've had flu that's been much worse. And I was telling somebody, I don't know, it's like, having the flu wouldn't be so bad if you knew it was coming. It's always just <laughs> the worst thing when you're like, Oh, no, I have the flu. And this time I'm like, well, I knew it was gonna happen. Yeah. So, yeah. And yeah. it was very interesting to have the flu like achiness, but none of the other symptoms that was yeah, kind of no. freaky to be feeling that and going, uh, my throat isn't sore. I'm not no. coughing. I'm not stuffed no. up or anything. So no. yeah, interesting. Yeah. yeah, so not so bad. It's funny. I've actually been in worse pain because I put my back out yesterday. Do you know what I did to put my back out? Oh, boy. Well, but I was putting the coffee pot back in the fridge. Of course. That's right. Oh, oh God. So and you have freaking annoying. You have that little twinge. You're like, I'm going to be feeling that, aren't I? Oh, I immediately did like this little yoga routine that's supposed to be good for your lower back. It didn't help. No. Nope. <laughs> it's just, uh. You guys got to wait it out. Yep. So that's why I'm drinking beer right now. Uh, yeah. Well, we, we had a little bit of excitement last Thursday. I dripped some water on the kitchen floor and didn't clean it all up. And then I'm outside watering the plants, and Nathan comes limping around the corner. He stepped in it and his foot slid out from under him and he broke his pinky toe on the left foot. And I thought it was displaced. So we were just like, okay, off to the ER we go. And they took took an x-ray. It's fine. It's it's just broken and there is nothing to do for it other than some painkillers. They recommend Motrin. That's fine and they gave him a note to be able to get out of work for a couple of days so but they said because they said it would be about six weeks to heal and they said we can give you a note for a few days we can't give you a note for six weeks you're like well we kind of figured yeah (laughs) yeah that would be great if they could but no that's i guess six weeks for broken bones is just the standard yeah well the clayton er is very nice i noticed a grammar error in the spanish translation on one of their signs (laughs) damn it because you get that bored when you're sitting in the lobby but i didn't say anything so i wasn't going to be nasty but i'm just thinking i have spent too much time on duolingo to think that that missing accent is fine yeah you could have gone in there been one of those people and just gone and just corrected it with the pen or something. <laughs> it's like, I have no idea what the penalties are for graffitiing a hospital sign. I didn't want to take the chance. Nah, it's not really worth it. It's fine. I'm sure everybody knew what they meant. Yeah. Just like we do anytime we miss the accents on something. I'm just like, you know what I meant. <laughs> anyway. 
Oh, yeah. Everything else seems fun. Oh, Hannah went to a lightning playoffs game. She did. Amazing. That She said that's what comes from knowing somebody who knows somebody who works on as the Zamboni driver, I think. I know. That's great. And um, she took this great video that she put up on Instagram. It's in her stories and everything. It's from their seats when the team came onto the ice with all the effects and the lighting, everything in the crowd roaring. I'm like, oh, man, this is awesome. That is one hell of a way to celebrate the end of social distancing. Let me tell you. Holy cow. So that's cool. Mom and dad are doing good. Dad got some dental work done. Seems to be doing <laughs> some some dental work done. He got all of his upper teeth taken out. Yeah, that's. He's always been real careful with his teeth, but he's also been on a lot of medications that play havoc with your saliva, and that sometimes means it just craps out your teeth. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, just and saying. he's you know over eighty, so yeah, it's that too. You know, you can be so happens. careful, but when you get to be eighty, well, I mean, we're already seeing you know you can throw your back out from putting up a coffee pot. So <sighs> so irritating. God. <laughs> so yeah, as far as I know, everybody else is fine. Oh, I did go with my friends to a bar last night and this is the first place I've been to where the bouncer at the door requested to either show your vaccination card or a photo of your vaccination card. How nice. I like that. Now a photo I'm sure I mean it's not like they were sitting there and like checking it even as carefully as they check ID cards but it was still nice that they were asking because I would hope that even if it's not preventing people from getting in, I mean, it's just one more thing to be like, just get vaccinated. It'll make your life easier. Yeah. You know? It's like, if you won't do it for yourself, if you won't do it for the safety of the people around you, do it because it'll make it easier to get into a bar. How yeah. about that? Yeah. And also, I think there's probably a higher likelihood that someone who isn't vaccinated would just say, well, I'm not going to go to this establishment if they're going to make me get vaccinated, rather than someone would go to the trouble to fake a vaccination card in order to get into a bar that's already telling them they're not welcome unless they toe the line. Yeah, I don't know. I hear about this in people who are faking vaccination cards. I've heard that's a thing. (sighs) Who knows? Who knows? According to the U.S. vaccine tracker, we're up to 39.2% of the country. That's nice. Inching inching our way to half the country. I think it's supposed to be, what is it, 75, they think, is the real, like, the real yeah. target they want to hit to try to get to herd immunity. I heard 70, but I mean, that number is just, uh, I, I do feel like people maybe pulled that number out of their butt. Uh, 70. Sure. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> yeah. Mine, I hear that it's like two weeks from the date that you got your second vaccination because they're counting vaccinations, but there's a two week delay. Right. So in another week, my numbers will count towards that. So right. Like, and in another week, I think all of the people that just started getting vaccinated at ages 12 to 16 will start showing up on there. There we go. There we are. So, <sighs> yes. Keep your fingers I crossed. just, I, I, we want to go to Dead & Company shows this year. We want to go mm-hmm. to Florida. We want to hang out in the mountains. We have big plans. We want to go to the hardware store down the street, you know? Oh, the hardware store. Oh, my God. I have tomatoes that need planting. Uh, so that's all the sit rep. So moving right along, what do you want to talk about first? Do you want to talk about Laura Olympus or do you want to talk about Falcon and Winter Soldier? Let's talk about Falcon and the Winter Soldier because the both of us tonight just finished watching episode four. And wow. I finished watching it and I asked Elizabeth where she was. And, you know, Elizabeth said, oh, well, I, 
I'm at episode four, but I need to check to see if I finished it. And I responded, I think you would remember if you had. Oh, yeah, you were right. I mean, there was because you had talked about the scene with Bucky around the campfire because Mm -hmm. they were deprogramming him. And it was such an amazing scene. Oh, my God. I mean, Sebastian Stan doing all that acting where he's just staring forward, looking gradually more and more upset. That was really impressive. Yeah, it was. And. But then there were so many other things. I mean, all the fight scenes in the show are good. Like the choreography is amazing. And they don't, I don't feel like they cut away from the action too fast. I've been hearing people talk about that lately, that a lot of times you've got these amazing choreography and fight scenes, but they're making so many cuts, it's kind of hard to get a feel of the full fight. You Mm -hmm. want to watch people actually do the choreography. And I think they do a really good job in this one. They do. And when you had the two fighters from Wakanda show up, Mm. and that was damn impressive. I mean... You know, Sam is just telling the new Cap, uh, you would probably have better luck fighting the Winter Soldier than you would fighting these two. And he was right. He was absolutely right. They kicked his ass. And yet Sam and Bucky jump in because they're like, all right, we probably should keep them, these Wakanda warriors, from killing him. And so they kind of jump in. And one of the warriors is like going toe-to-toe with Bucky. And Bucky doesn't look too worried, but she does this thing with her arm and just hits something down on the side of his arm and his metal arm drops off. And it was so freaking cool. Yes, it was. And it was shocking. And Sam just looked at him and was like, did you know they could do that? And he said, no. And I seem to remember somebody complaining about the Wakandans doing something underhanded to Bucky because he had been in their power when he was recuperating. That must have been what they were talking about. Yeah, but I don't know that I consider it underhanded. I mean, they didn't kill him. And it was, if anything, it was more of a message than anything else. It's just like, you were one of us. We helped you recuperate. We helped you beat your programming. We gave you a new metal arm. Please don't ever assume that you can use any of that against us. Yeah. And also, there had been that scene when Bucky went toe-to-toe with one of the the super soldiers. And he knocks him through a wall and the guy's like lying on the ground and he stands over him stay down <laughs> i love it when people do that i know that's the thing that everybody says all the time yeah but i really feel like that's kind of what the wakandan soldier did to bucky by knocking yeah. his arm off just just staring him in the face stay down yeah oh oh i just loved it i saw that happen i had to rewind and watch it again it's just so <laughs> intricate and cool and everything she's like i'm gonna do it it's just so neat But then it was the ending of the episode. Now, Nathan pointed out something when New Cap is like charging into battle without checking for anything, of course, because he's just going to do that. And he's like got a gun. And Nathan said, well, there's something the old Captain America would have never done. And I was looking at him going, yeah, and it's really interesting how he is hiding behind the shield with his gun rather than like Steve would make the shield a part of him almost. And that was, yeah. yeah. And I, Steve wouldn't have used a gun at all. No. I, I think, though, in the like very, very, very old comics, I'll bet you Captain America probably used a gun. Because, you know, Maybe. Like yeah, way just, back in the day. Yeah. I think they've been doing some deep pulls on this series for the Captain sure. America stuff. Like Battlestar. That was definitely yeah. from the old comics. Oh, yeah. But here's the thing that I don't think I'd quite realize. We've got new Cap. And he's not a mutant. No. And he's not a super soldier and everything. I don't think I had realized that, that he's obviously been a soldier and done some amazing things and is certainly talented at what he does. But I don't think I'd quite clearly grasped that he is not super powered in any way. And you just, 
I feel like despite the fact it's only the fourth episode, I think they did a really good slow burn with that feeling of resentment that he mm-hmm. had. And that's why he carries a gun. And that's why he hides behind the shield, because he's just as fragile as any other human being out there. And you could see that really hitting home when he got his ass kicked by the Wakandans yeah. when he looks up at Battlestar and he says they weren't even super soldiers, nope. which... Nope. I don't know if that's technically fair. I think pretty much a Wakandan stands against a super soldier at any time. But yeah, yeah, I yeah. Think so too, but yeah, yeah, he definitely took that personally. Oh, and so, and every I mean, you just see him get more and more enraged, and just bringing down this woman who is fighting to benefit people who have been completely screwed over by the what are they? The snap was what got everybody to go away. Was it the blip that brought everybody back? I, mean, I think so. I mean, yeah, I think it was, it might have been the blip I don't, or just the return. I don't know. But it was the fact that everybody had to band together in those five years when half of the population disappeared. So all these people that had been stateless were being taken in and everyone was welcoming them. Well, then five years passes, suddenly everybody comes back and everyone expects it all to be normal again. So now yeah. they're kicking everybody out because it's no longer their home and she's trying to help them but she has gotten hold of super serum and she's got a whole bunch of other people who have super serum and now they are killing people to try to make their point and to try to establish the fact that they're not going to be pushed around anymore and the new cap has been going after but you start to feel like i don't know it's not like he really cares about helping people or saving people or stopping her from killing people it's just gotten to the point where he's pissed off because she's gotten away so many times and he's taking it so personally and it's that super soldier thing again he's not going to be beaten by her and so of course he gets some hands on some super serum super soldier serum and there was never any doubt. The second you saw him pick it up off the ground, you're like, oh, yeah, he's definitely good. I mean, there's no question. That's where this story is going. Which is, you know, when Z- it was Zeno, who's the bad guy who murdered... Zemo. Zemo, yeah. He yeah. Uh, he was the one who murdered um, T'Challa's father, the mm. king of Wakanda. And when he, well, all of those vials of the super serum fall on the ground, and he looks down, and he picks one up, and he holds it. And I'm thinking to my head... Oh my God, this could be a way for him to become the super villain and really take out all the other people. No, he drops it on the ground and he starts smashing them. So yeah, he them. does awful things, but kudos to him for sticking with his idea that super soldiers are a bad idea that need to go away. Although yep. he said something at one point about the woman who's fi- the leading all the uh, super soldiers that she's a supremacist, that you can't help but be a supremacist if you take that serum. And whatever she was before, that's the only thing that she's going to be focused on now. It's just her being in charge and putting everybody else down, which is big talk for somebody who had a whole range of diplomats to kill in order to frame Bucky in Captain America Civil War, and he kills the one that isn't white. So... Yeah, it's his his target was kind of hmm, makes yeah. sort of you know he obviously thought somebody had to die and he figured out who would be the person that the world would miss the least and he decided it was T'Challa's father, which yeah. is sucky. Didn't he? Well, didn't was he responsible for sending Bucky after Iron Man's mom? Was that his decision or did that just happen because of something else? I think that was um, that was Hydra. I think did that. Okay. 
But he just made sure that Iron Man found out about yeah, it. He was, he, yeah, he found that information and figured out the very best time to do that, to completely tear the team apart. That was brutal. Oh, that my God. That amazing. reveal in Civil War. <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah, so she keeps getting away and he keeps going after her and they have a moment. And uh, obviously, by the way, guys, big old spoilers for uh, episode four of the Falcon of the Winter Soldier. I'm assuming everybody who cares is probably better at TV than we are and have seen oh, all this. <laughs> I would hope so. But just in case, you know, because the show is actually, it's definitely gotten me at this point. It took me a while to get into it. But I think, you know, a month after the final episode aired, I'm finally into it. But yeah, um, it's in the middle of a battle and it's Sam and Bucky and New Cap against the super soldiers and... Battlestar had been captured, but managed to get up and run into the battle. And all I could think of was, I was like, I mean, I know Sam's not a super soldier, Mm -hmm. but certainly by this point, it was very clear that New Cap was. But Sam's just, I mean, he's got the wings and he's an Avenger and all this kind of stuff. Oh my God, he turns on his rocket at one point into one of the super soldiers' face. Like, he uses the, the wings aren't just a way for him to move around. They are a weapon. Yeah, he like extends them at one point and just smacks somebody in the face. And I'm like, ah, yeah, get him with the wings. (laughs) But Battlestar comes rushing in and all I can think of is, is I'm, I'm just kind of thinking he is... He's the one normal human in the middle of that whole battle. Mm-hmm. So, of course, he gets killed. Yeah, he gets thrown into a pillar, and that's it. It just, I mean, and it's its realistic, because you see all of these fight scenes where people get punched in the head or knocked out or whatever, and you forget that that can kill you, and especially yeah. if you are a non-augmented human being. And you can almost see the snap in New Cap's brain when he realizes his friend has been killed by one of these guys. So he goes rushing out and he's chasing after one of the quote unquote evil super soldiers, you know, not it wasn't an evil guy, but he hadn't even made the decision to start killing people the way the girl had. But that's who Cap sees and he chases after him and he pins him down in a fountain. And oh my, I, I don't know. I just didn't expect what happened to happen. He just, he's in an absolute rage and he lifts up his shield and you see it from underneath and you realize what's about to happen and he just chops down at this guy with the shield over and over with an entire crowd of tourists and other people staring, filming it with their phones. Yep, yep. And he stands up and of course Bucky and Sam have run up by this point and he stands up and there's this amazing image of him just kind of looking around at everybody and then you see a full shot of him and he's strapped back on the shield and the shield is just covered in blood on the bottom oh that was a really effective image to end that uh, episode on good god yeah so definitely gonna go continue watching at that point because now we get to see because this guy's he's a super soldier now and he's clearly gone off the rails so, yep, that's going to be fun. I think it's it's eight episodes, right? So we're halfway through the series. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's shorter than the other ones. Like, I can't remember how many episodes WandaVision got, but I remember somebody pointing out that this was shorter, which is good because I think Disney's trying hard to avoid Netflix's Netflix bloat yep. thing that they do. So, But uh, speaking of Netflix, I have watched a few more episodes of BoJack Horseman. Oh, yes. So what's happened in the most recent ones that you've watched? Uh, the most recent one, well, you know, the episode before, okay, it's just, it's been Bojack in rehab, and you're seeing more and more about the sucky choices that he's made in his life. And one of them was to accidentally leave a water bottle of vodka around 
Sarah Lynn when she was a child. And so that was bad. And then you can really tell that the producer has is leaning on Bojack to say, oh, no, that wasn't my vodka. Okay, good. So we'll just have to figure out whose vodka it was, meaning who do we blame it on? And yeah. we haven't seen it happen, but I think it's pretty obvious he's going to blame the uh, the makeup artist uh, with mm-hmm. the drinking problem for that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. two two lives pretty badly affected by that. And then there's this whole thing where he's been carrying around that bottle, that water bottle of vodka in rehab, not to drink, but just to remind himself of all the stuff that he's done when he was drinking. Well, then his therapist accidentally drinks it, and that's a whole thing. So now he's pretty much destroyed his therapist's life. Oh, man, his therapist falls off the wagon so hard. So it's freaking just... hard. Oh, God. Oh, that, that was funny that he kept on making really good points and saying, check, please. And then the bartender would bring him a check. And that kept happening through the whole episode. Why does everybody keep bringing me checks? <laughs> Did you see the one thing? It was at one point... When Bojack comes running, he's left therapy, but I guess he comes running back and somebody else is in therapy. And it's an example of that moment when they gave the animation to the A-team because he's trying to, like, get over a fence at some point. He just, like, busts on his ass all over the place. But there's something, like, so quick and intricate about a series of animations within, like, a fraction of a second amount of time. I was like, that's the A-team people doing that animation right there. And there was another one, that episode, where they were throwing a surprise wedding for Mr. Peanut Butter. So everybody got into the house and were waiting to jump out and Mr. Peanut Butter admits to Pickles that he cheated on her. So yep. everybody, and you described it as everyone having to do the ninja moves around the house to keep them from yes. finding it. For the whole time, everybody can't get out of the house. So they're all having to move from place to place. And there was one of those A-team animation bits when it's Diane and Bojack and Todd and Princess Carolyn and they've got her baby with her. And they're like playing this almost game of like it's, it really is a combination of hot potato and keep away with the baby as they're trying to move from room to room without getting caught. And at one point, somebody falls and the baby, they fall behind the bed and the baby goes into the air and somebody snatches it out of midair and dives into the other room. I'm like, that was the A-team animation oh, yeah, right there. Yeah. <laughs> I love that episode. It was so, I was just glad that information was finally out in the open. I always hate that the longer the audience has a piece of secret information and everybody else doesn't have it. I'm like, ah, oh, can we just please reveal that? And they did. So, and I don't know, I don't know why I thought that delivery was so great, but the end of the episode is Mr. Peanut Butter and Pickles are walking back into the house and then suddenly it's Todd and Diane and everybody who was in there who was still in the house saying, oh, wow, this has really been great. Thanks for a wonderful time. Bye. And they walk out and Mr. Peanut Butter closes the door and turns to Pickles. Odd. (laughs) And that was it. (laughs) So so fun. Oh, man. How many episodes? 16 episodes. Yeah. And then that was number six. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, So now we've ended it with um, Todd had that whole thing with his stepdad and trying to get his kidneys back from the rich mogul who buys people's kidneys. And Diane has a new boyfriend and he actually seems to be like willing to like her but not put up with any bullshit which is also really nice she's writing a book and totally failing at it right now so i hope that oh, no. you know, resolves but, oh guy that's the the water buffalo the water buffalo <laughs> he's so he did this whole thing when they had to 
get a room together and he walks in. He's like, this is unacceptable. Can you say that they only gave us one bed? Well, this is... And she's like sitting there looking at him with her eyes kind of squinted. And she puts her stuff down while he's doing it. I can't believe it. I'm going to call him. And she turns him around and kisses him. And it's just... It was totally a bit that he was doing. And she knew it was a bit. She's like, but I want to have sex with you anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, and I think... I think the next episode is Bojack starting to travel around because his therapist did do one thing for him that pointed out that all of his bad experiences growing up was with his mother and his father, who are both horses. So he doesn't, he's scared to have anything to do with anybody who looks like him. And he also hates himself because he looks exactly like the thing that caused him the most pain his entire life. So I think the episodes are going to be him. Uh, the, the next episode is going to be him traveling around to reconnect with his family, which should be interesting because I don't think we knew of anything other than his mom and his dad. I honestly can't remember, to be honest. <laughs> I can't remember where it goes. I may need to watch some of the episodes. I just, once again, I love the fact that, you know, there's there's human people and animal people in this show, and they just don't really discuss that at all, except something to the degree of, you know, hey, your family were horses, and I'm a horse, and you're a horse, and everything. And I'm like, so they are discussing it. They do bring it up. <laughs> this is very, and yet, you know, obviously, like the parents of Princess Caroline's adopted baby. I mean, one was a porcupine, one was a human. So interbreeding definitely happened. Like Princess Caroline, a cat, was going to have a baby with Ralph the mouse. It's just she wasn't able to carry it to term. So it's like... Yeah, and they go along for ages not saying anything about that. And then Diane and Guy are, I guess they're at a hockey game and the mascot is like this great big cartoon baby. And she's a little bit insulted. And he's like, don't worry, it's not a real baby. It's just a mascot celebrating your human heritage. <laughs> Oh, that was great. A little on the nose there. Mm-hmm. That's right. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I Some more stuff coming. <laughs> I'm sure. We'll talk about it when we get there. So, obviously, from there, we've got to move on to Laura Olympus, because we didn't talk about Laura Olympus last week, and then we had this week's episode, so we have so much to cram in. So, last week, we had the sweetest, most wonderful moment between Persephone and Hades. They were having that big party at Hades' place, and all of her nymph friends and family are just, I mean, they're probably drinking and everything, and basically they're just like, dance! You two have to dance! And the hosts have to dance, and they are not going to take no for an answer, so they start dancing. And I'm wondering how that's going to work, but, you know, Persephone can fly, so she's up at head level, and then he just starts dancing with her, and then she challenges him. She says, you obviously were going to hit on me at that first party at Zeus's, so what would you have said? How would you have done it? And it is just so freaking sweet. sweet. It is so adorable, and it would have been a 100% perfect, lovely, cutesy little episode, except for the fact that Leto starts talking to her at the end of the episode and it ends with Persephone basically being like, who the hell are you? Because she doesn't know who Leto is. No. And Leto does introduce herself at the end and her main focus is telling Persephone, you would be such a wonderful wife for Apollo. The two of you would be a wonderful couple. And I I know he upset you, but he honestly, he's just heartbroken. And Persephone just glares at her and says something like, he told me, and I quote, you don't have to like me to be my wife. Yeah. And that shocked Leto. And I'm hoping we get a little bit of a challenge, like Leto going to Apollo and just maybe even a little bit of a, what the hell's the matter with you? Because she didn't yeah. expect that he was that much of an ass. Yeah. I, 
And to, to me, I didn't read it as shock. I read it more as like, oh, fuck, I didn't realize he was that dumb. And it's just a moment <laughs> of just, I'm not going to be able to argue my way out of this one. So I don't think that she's going to take Apollo to task for being such an asshole. I just think she's going to be just like, you're so dumb. You are so dumb to say that to her. And so I don't think she cares about, she definitely doesn't care about Persephone's feelings at all. And Persephone just, she's like, I could not possibly like Apollo any less. But Persephone doesn't say that he assaulted her. And I was like waiting for her to say that. I'm, I'm kind of worried because I feel like if it comes out that Apollo like raped Persephone, that there are going to be people out there who will decide, oh, that means Apollo now has a claim on her because he was her first. Uh, and I'm like, oh, yeah. I want to avoid that. She doesn't want to give that to anybody. But Leto says, you know, she's obviously trying to come up with a explanation. And she said, oh, I'm so sorry. He must have said that in a moment of passion. Ugh. And I think Persephone's response was, I'm not interested in someone who would hurt me with their passion. And there's no. there's a double meaning yeah. in there, but it is really good. It is it is definitely a kick in the face of anyone who wants to say, "Oh, well, they just they're so emotional and they get, you know, they get so right. upset sometimes. You just have to accept and, you know, love them for who they are." No, you don't. If they're hurting no. you, you walk away. So, Leto is not getting anywhere with the whole Apollo is the best person for you. So she switches tracks and goes to Hades is the worst person for you and mm-hmm. tries to convince Persephone that there's no sunlight down there and Persephone is not having any of that. Um she says something like you're Artemis's mom too it's only my respect for Artemis that keeps me from calling Hades here right now because she knows that Hades would just throw her out yeah especially if she's bothering Persephone which she obviously is yeah but there was this there was a moment where Persephone just looked straight at her. And of course, artwork is gorgeous the entire time. And Persephone's trying to clean up this whole time. And she's fishing water petals out of the pool. And she's floating over the pool as she does it. So of course, gorgeous. But she turns to Leto and says, in no uncertain terms, I will never marry Apollo. And she's like, I don't know exactly what she's doing. It looks like she's vaporizing a flower petal into a star right next to her. And it all has the feel of a, this is a proclamation that will not be changed at all. And I think Leto might get that. She's not giving up, but I think she understands what Persephone's resolve is at this point. Yeah, but then... Not only is she talking about how Hades is the worst person for her, but then she has to say, you know that if you get together with Hades, you will destroy your relationship with your mother. And that, I wonder, that particular point. Obviously, her mother wants her to be part of the League of Eternal Maidens. Whatever. And I know her mother was mad that Hades had talked to her without her permission Mm -hmm. at that time that he came by and he was drunk and everything. Do we have anything established in the story where Demeter has a specific reason to be against Hades specifically? I think because of the her whole theory about fertility goddesses. And oh, if it's oh. not Zeus's son that's using a fertility goddess to overthrow his father, it could be a brother using a fertility goddess. That could be why she panicked so much when she first found out that right. Hades had talked to Persephone and that he was interested in her. But does Leto know that? Because if that was the case, if that was the reason why Demeter would be totally against that, Demeter would be against Apollo for the exact same reasons. She'd be thinking, right. yeah, this is definitely the son who would be going after the father. So I feel like 
Leto has some other reason to know that Demeter would be completely and totally against her getting with Hades, but might be okay with her getting with Apollo? I don't know at this point what her logic is. I don't know. I honestly think Demeter might not be happy with Apollo either, and Leto might know that. But but it would be helpful to take down the, the Hades thing first and then move on to the Apollo thing. Right, right. And Persephone doesn't know about any of the fertility goddess stuff. She just knows that Demeter doesn't like Hades. So right. Leto might be using that. Yeah. So I don't know. When she starts bringing up Demeter, Persephone's response is, don't you talk to me about my mother. Just <laughs> back off. But I forget how she got there. Her parting shot at Persephone, once again, just trying to take away her attraction to Hades was like, oh, it's it's so good of you, sarcasm, sarcasm, to look past all of Hades' baggage. And Persephone says, everybody's got baggage. And she said, yeah, but do you know about what happened with him and Hera? And Persephone's obviously completely clueless, as are we. We have no idea because this is this universe's Hera and Hades' relationship. We know that in the traditional Greek mythology, they were brother and sister, but that doesn't seem to be the case now, but I don't know. So there is some, and we know that, I don't know, Hera was always kind of smooching on Hades a bit. So did they have a physical relationship for it, a while? It looked like from that flashback when Hades was recuperating and yeah. Hera's mother told her she really needed to tend to Hades because, you know, I know it's scary that he's hurt, but that he's he needs help. And it really looked like the two of them were getting on very well because mm-hmm. she was being kind and he needed kindness. So, yeah, yeah there was something going on. I don't know how much that's going to matter to Persephone. It'll probably matter that she's been very close to Hera for quite a long while and didn't know about any of this. Right, right. Now, Hera knows that she's shacking up with Hades, right? Yeah, that's yeah. She visited her a couple oh, of times, right. I think. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Oh, so many secrets. Oh, <laughs> I, I think we're getting some collision of storylines now because this was also the episode where Hades told Thanatos that Minth had been turned into a mint plant. And yes. I loved somebody shared that on Instagram, which is it was just a picture of Thanatos just kind of like with his hands on the table staring forward at the mint plant, looking kind of shocked. And the caption was same Thanatos, same. Yeah. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> but Thanatos he just doesn't know what Hades knows. And Hades, of course, doesn't know what Thanatos knows. And Hades saying, I know what you've all been up to. And Thanatos is going, uh, right? And Hades said, you and Minth were an item. And Thanatos is like, oh, you know, because he's obviously relieved that he's not, you know. Doesn't know about, about them it. going to Zeus. Right, yet. But Thanatos is relieved for a second and then realizes what this means. And he does this whole cringe out of the chair. Don't kill me! <laughs> You know, possibly something happened between him and Minth that was physical, I guess. Well, they were they were definitely making out on a regular basis, Minth and uh, Thanatos. That was I don't remember that at all. Oh uh, god. Well, I have gone back and reread the series maybe more than once, but yeah, uh, there was there was a scene when Hades had decided that he was going to really make an effort with this relationship with Minth because she was damaged and she obviously needed him and Minth was going to start making an effort and she you know, message Thanatos to meet her in the storage room. And he comes in thinking that they're going to have a makeout session. Ah. And she tells him, I think we need to back off on this a little bit because Hades wants us to be serious. So I forgot about all yeah, that. Oh yeah. So God. that was, that was why Thanatos has been trying so damn hard to do what Minth wants. Cause I think right. he's still, 
emotionally involved, probably a lot more than Minth was ever involved with him. Oh, well, God, yeah, that's obvious. But um, I don't know. Hades is pretty blasé about that, probably because he didn't really have all that much of a claim on Minth to begin with. And so he still doesn't know that Thanatos went to Zeus behind his back. Nope. He doesn't know about any of that. No, nope, he does not. He doesn't know. He only knows he that... Only knows that Minth did, though, because Minth actually confessed that right before Persephone turned her into a mint. Right. But other than that, he only knows that Helios told Zeus about Persephone. Okay. All right. He knows something. So he doesn't know that, oof, his... Um... All right. So... Thetis has been shacking up with Zeus. Uh-huh. So that's another thing. So mm-hmm. he's going to find out that the person who's been shacking up with his brother and, you know, causing his brother to cheat against Hera is also the person who is trying to get his beloved thrown into jail. Well, there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of storylines colliding at mm-hmm. this point. Oh, yep. my goodness. The only person who's coming out of this looking okay is Poseidon because he's like completely in love with his wife. I think he might have messed around, but it sounds like they might actually have a bit of an open relationship. Yeah. There was an opening scene uh, with all of them in a strip club where Hades revealed that he had thought about uh, proposing to Menth and, Mm -hmm. you know, Zeus and Poseidon hated Menth because Menth was just such a drama bitch all the time. But Hades says, the two of you have somebody and nobody wants to live in the underworld. And I just thought maybe she would work. And Poseidon's like, I had no idea you felt like that. Why don't you borrow my wife? (laughs) So yeah, they do have a very open, I want to meet Poseidon's wife at some point. We haven't met her yet. I don't think we have. I mean, I think we might've seen her in passing a couple times, but we haven't had a chance to sit down and chat with her. No, we've met, Mostly, I mean, we've met Hestia, we've met Athena, who are in a relationship together. <laughs> Episodes ago, we found out about that. So we've met most of the major pantheon. but And we've met Hephaestus, and mm-hmm. I want to see more of Hephaestus. I liked him. I thought he was cool, but <sighs> so much more. Oh, so much more. So much more. Oh, my goodness. Any more word on the um, the animated uh, TV show? I haven't looked. I figure it's going to take so long. Oh, we're getting... Hang on. I'm going to look it up. Oh, I was going to say, we're getting closer to the release of the Lore Olympus book uh, in paperback, October 5th. October. Yep. 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 Man, that's too long. However, oh my goodness, speaking of release date, do you know what tomorrow is? What's that? Tomorrow is the return of Porno Day with My Dad Wrote a Porno! Yay! Woo-hoo! <laughs> New season of My Dad Wrote a Porno! Woohoo! If you haven't listened to it, you really need to, but with your headphones on and not at work. It is not safe for work. Oh my... Mm, darn it, the timing. I love doing yard work while listening to podcasts, and My yes. Dad Wrote a Porno is such a wonderful one, and it's going to be over 90 degrees in North Carolina for the next Ew. three days. Ew. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I know they usually do a listing party, but I want to say... If if it's at 8 o'clock at night in the UK, I think it's at noon here. I don't know. Noon's a little early for porn. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, especially especially the full-on porn that my dad wrote a porno can do. I mean, like, yeah. discussion of fluids and things. Ew, ew, oh, ew. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was when they did the release of the one episode on HBO, which if, you've, if that's your only experience with my dad wrote a porno, I actually didn't think the HBO special was the best example of what Belinda Blumenthal can do. It was definitely tailor-made for a wider audience, I suppose. Mm-hmm. So, um, But that one, I think it got dropped at like 8 o'clock at night and everybody was watching it. 8 o'clock at night 
on, you know, the West Coast of the United States, because it's HBO, I guess. So yeah, I had a whole thing where I had a glass of Chardonnay and some pomegranate seeds. If you've listened to the show, you'll know why. Um, but yeah, I don't think I can do the live one this time. I don't, I don't think so. No. You listen to the, um, the summary of the, the, the episode they did where they summarized some of the best bits from last season, right? Uh, that was a few weeks ago, right? Right. Yeah. Positive. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Oh so my God. Funny. So many good bits. I don't know why that one bit I had. It's one of those things where I had to stop and rewind and listen to it a couple of times, yeah. but it's like Belinda's relaxing and the, chapter is talking about how she relaxes by doing decoupage and they just and alice lost it she just could not believe and i can't remember one of them wanted to know well wait a minute what is decoupage and she said it's cutting pictures out of magazines and pasting them onto furniture i mean i have (laughs) never heard such a dismissive description of decoupage and it was she was just so irritated it was so good my thing was they did the recap of when uh, bella was in the was in the hospital in a coma because of a bomb explosion in the previous season just go with me on this one and the doctor who comes in well belinda's obviously worried about her friend and the doctor comes in the doctor is called dr stud and then you get alice and james are doing this big oh, hello dr stud <laughs> Do you need to test me with your thermometer? And this, the whole section, i that's the bit I had to rewind because I'm literally on a run down the street and having to stop and just giggle about this one little bit. They just kept going and going. All right. So was, I feel like there, there's so many interesting things that are coming out in the next few months. Um, so I can't think if there's anything else. I do know that I believe both of us have finished watching Love, Death, and Robots Season 2. I have two more episodes to right, do. I just nice. finished watching the one, uh, The Drowned Giant, by uh, J.G. Oh, yeah. Ballard. And yeah. I'd completely forgotten him, because we had talked about that. J.G. Ballard, oh, I wonder if I reviewed anything. Yeah, he wrote the short story. Uh, sorry, he wrote the novel High Rise that the movie, the Tom Hiddleston movie, That's was right. based yeah. on. And he also wrote Chronopolis, which is like one of our favorite short stories ever. So, you know, I watched that. And I'm like, oh, this is kind of nice. And now I'm rereading High Rise just because. Because nice. you, you really got his voice, I think, in that episode. Yeah, I think you did. Yeah. As opposed to the Harlan Ellison one, which... If you had laid out all the episodes, because I've watched them all at this point, if you had laid them all out in front of me and told me to pick the Harlan Ellison one, the one that he wrote is Life Hutch, I Mm -hmm. think. And it would have probably been one of the least likely ones. I don't know why, but I think you're right, because we don't get the main character's internal monologue Mm -hmm. that we would in a story, and that's where we would have heard Harlan Ellison's voice. But it's a good story. Yeah, oh yeah, it really is. And I love the how he saves the day, saves himself with that robot. It's slightly different in the short story, but it's close enough that it's yeah, yeah, it's an excellent adaptation. Yeah, it's nice. So there's some, but we're going to do like a full discussion of that when we get to hang out with Hannah, because I'm pretty sure Hannah's going to be watching it. Yeah, Um, but I guess that will wrap us up for the week. So make sure to check out PixLadyGeek.com for all the book reviews, the movie reviews, the comic book reviews, the fan art galleries. Not that we've done a fan art gallery lately. I did post your fan art of one hey. the other day. That was fun. I just did a Transformers one. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I have to do those bigger. And I'm going to have to do them Photoshop because colored pencils is one of those things. You can't do the fine details really easily with a colored pencil. Robots especially. You want to have that nice, slick, clear gradient thing mm-hmm. going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I need to work on that a little bit more. But Leland actually put up a bunch of posts the other day because Leland gets review copies of 
Blu-rays and DVDs of various releases. So check out the site. He just put, I think, four, possibly five posts up in a short period of time. One of them was for the final season and the collected edition of all of Supernatural. Wow. A lot of special features on that one. And a couple other ones that I had never heard of. Various cartoon um, animated things that looked kind of interesting. I'm thinking, oh, that's cool. Gotta check that out. Yeah, but all that and more, pixelatedgeek.com. So we'll probably have a Night Vale episode next week. Uh, Depending on what day does June 1st fall on. I'm going to actually look at it this time rather than say, oh, I'm sure we'll just figure it out. And if not, we're going to, how about I just look and see? Yeah, no, June 1st is a Tuesday, which is a little late for us to record. Usually it's a Sunday. Rarely it's a Saturday, but a lot of times it's a Monday. Tuesday is pushing it a little Tuesday bit. is not enough time to do the edit, no. So not maybe quite. we should commit to watching more of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and maybe mm-hmm. I can finish up BoJack Horseman. Oh, I think that sounds definitely like a plan. Don't rush the BoJack Horseman, though. I tell you that, I know you're going <laughs> to. Those episodes start dropping like dominoes. You're just going to watch them faster and faster. I've done four of them in a night. I believe it. Yeah. Anyway, one way or the other, we will talk to everybody in one week. Talk to y'all later.